The Biden White House celebrates same-sex marriage with a star-studded event at the White House. Sam Bankman-Fried is indicted, and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announces the state will investigate COVID-19 vaccine lies. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. I talk about them every single show. Why haven't you gotten a VPN yet? Get ExpressVPN right now at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, it was a historic day at the White House as Joe Biden signed what the Washington Post is calling a landmark bill to protect same-sex and interracial marriages. Now, you thought that interracial marriage has not been a big deal in the United States for approximately 50, maybe 60 years, and you'd be right. The whole purpose of shoving interracial marriage into the same-sex marriage bill was to pretend that if you oppose same-sex marriage, it is the same thing as if you oppose interracial marriage, that racism and quote-unquote homophobia, that these are all the same phenomenon, that really it's all about bigotry and evil. That's the reason why they shoved all of this into the same bill, so that if you voted against the federal enshrinement of same-sex marriage, then you were also voting against federal enshrinement of interracial marriage, right? It's, It's a particularly vicious and stupid game. But Joe Biden was out there celebrating this. They had a star-studded event with music and and wonderful guests. We'll get to some of their guests in just a little while because these really are the cream of the American crop. It's the best that Western civilization has to offer. President Biden on Tuesday afternoon signed the Respect for Marriage Act into law, according to the Washington Post, granting federal protections to same-sex and interracial couples, marking a milestone in the decades-long fight for marriage equality. And so I think that it's important to note here that what we saw yesterday at the White House is the beginning. It is not the end. Everybody who's pretending that this was the end point of the same-sex marriage movement, that the the end point of the LGBTQ minus plus divided by sign movement is going to be same-sex marriage is dead wrong. And Joe Biden said that out loud yesterday. And it is very clear that the goal here, the goalposts keep moving. They keep moving because in the end, what the LGBTQ plus minus divided by sign movement is about is not merely the idea that they should be able to live the lives that they want without being bothered in the privacy of their own homes, The idea is that the ideology that undergirds their belief system must be imposed on you. You as a religious person in your daily life, you in your schools, you in your churches. The notion that this is going to stop is just a lie. It is not true. And as proof, I would like to offer this clip of Joe Biden circa 2006. Because the goalposts have moved. I've mentioned this before. The goalposts moved from the reasonable to the not reasonable to the insane. They moved from, we wish to lead our sexual lives as we want without you interfering in our bedroom. And Americans for a very long time, said, that's fine. Even sodomy laws, for example, that were on the books in many states were generally not enforced, even in the years well leading up to, to Lawrence, the, uh, Lawrence v. Texas. So they said, just leave us alone. We don't want to be criminalized in, in terms of our private activity. Fine. Then it turned into, we just want civil unions so that if we are, are in a relationship with a member of the same sex, these people can visit us at the hospital and they can be in our wills just by, by nature of law. And many Americans are like, okay, that's, that's totally fine. All right, make, makes sense. In fact, it was Mitt Romney in Massachusetts who was one of the first people to sign into law civil unions in the state of Massachusetts. Then it was, well, it's not enough for us to have them called civil unions. We want them to be called marriage. We want the same moral respect as a traditional marriage. And a lot of people say, well, hold up a second. This isn't the same phenomenon. And you can say a lot of things about same-sex relationships, but it is very difficult to claim they have the same societal value as traditional male-female dyads producing children, which is what the institution of marriage is predicated upon. The institution of marriage is just an enshrinement of the simple biological fact that men and women combine to create children and then raise those children. That is all that marriage is. You can pretend that other forms of relationship are equivalent. You can pretend that other forms of relationship have similar societal value. They do not. So a lot of people say, well, no, hold up just a minute. But the the case that the left made on this was that marriage really isn't about the production of children. It's really not about 
creating family units. Marriage is just about who you love. And once they had redefined that, and they'd actually done this well in advance of same-sex marriage. They'd done this with regard to, for example, no-fault divorce. The idea being that there wasn't anything sacred about marriage. There wasn't anything unifying or, or creative of a family unit about marriage. It was just about who you loved. So if you didn't love somebody, then divorce was totally on the table. So no-fault divorce is fine. Once marriage had been redefined as just love between two individual human beings, then, of course, same-sex marriage fell under that rubric. So many Americans were like, even there, they were like, okay. And then it moved to, well, now, if you are a person who doesn't actually believe that same-sex marriage and traditional marriage are morally equivalent, you still must celebrate same-sex marriage in every aspect of your life. It's very important that you do so. And your kids must be taught about this stuff at the earliest possible age. When your kids go to school, they must learn that same-sex marriage and traditional marriage are exactly the same, that all forms of sexual activity are equivalently moral and decent and fulfilling and good. Okay, th that's how far the ball has moved. And it's moved really far, really fast. And this is why I say that when the left says, we got what we wanted here, they're lying. They're lying. When they said same-sex marriage was the end point, it is not the end point. It is the beginning point. Here is Joe Biden circa 2006 talking about why there was no necessity for a constitutional amendment to protect a traditional marriage. He says there's no, there's no real reason for this sort of thing. The reason, why would we need a constitutional amendment to protect traditional marriage as the definition of marriage in federal law? After all, who, who would be pushing such a thing? Who would be pushing the idea of redefining marriage? Here's Joe Biden, 2006. Tucker Carlson showed this clip last night. The world's going to Hades in a handbasket. We are desperately concerned about the circumstance relating to uh, avian flu. We don't have enough vaccines. We don't have enough police officers. And we're going to debate the next three weeks, I'm told, gay marriage, a flag amendment, and God only knows what else. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law. The Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. That was Joe Biden in 2006. It is now 2022. 16 years is not all that long a time. And now Joe Biden is on the lawn at the White House celebrating same-sex marriage being enshrined into federal law without proper protections for people who disagree that same-sex marriage is on the same moral par as traditional marriage. I mean, it's pretty amazing stuff, is it not? And it suggests that when people like Joe Biden say in 2006 that same-sex marriage is not on the table, they are lying to you. They are not telling you the truth. And when they deny outright that, for example, that when they say we're not coming after your religious community, we're not coming after your church, we're not coming after your religious school, we're not coming after your business, they're lying. It's not true. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, are you tired of overpaying for your wireless network? Get talk, text, and blazing fast data for just 30 bucks a month. Pure Talk gives you the same network, the same towers, the same coverage as the other guys at half the price. Happy Hanukkah, everybody, and Merry Christmas as well. I'm a Pure Talk customer. I can tell you firsthand, switching to Pure Talk saves you money without sacrificing on coverage because you're using the exact same tower network as one of the big guys. Pure Talk's U.S.-based customer service team makes the switch incredibly easy, and you can feel good knowing you're supporting a veteran-owned business. Here's the best part. When you go to puretalk.com and enter code Shapiro, you'll save an additional 50% off your very first month of coverage. There's no reason to pay Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile over 80 bucks a month for wireless services when you can get the same service on the same network at Pure Talk for half the price. Head on over to puretalk.com, enter code Shapiro, save 50% off your very first month of coverage. Again, that's puretalk.com, promo code Shapiro for 50% off your very first month of coverage. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Why pay more for the same exact coverage when you could be cutting your spend. I mean, right now the economy isn't looking great. It's a great time to save money. Pure Talk can help you do that. And again, you'll have the same exact coverage as one of the big guys. PureTalk.com, promo code Shapiro for 50% off your very first month of coverage. Also, 
It is the holiday season, which means it's time to give some gifts. And if you are looking for the best gift to give to your wife, your mom, sister, daughter, pearls are the best gift. I know because I get my wife pearls from the Pearl Source. At the Pearl Source, you can get the highest quality pearl jewelry up to 70% off retail prices. By cutting out the middleman, the Pearl Source eliminates crazy jewelry store markups and sells directly to you, the consumer. With the holidays coming up, now would be the time to start shopping. Do not wait until it is too late. The Pearl Source offers fast and free two-day shipping on every single order. Your order will come prepackaged in a beautiful jewelry box ready to be given. If you're not sure if she'll love the gift, the Pearl Source comes with a no-hassle 60-day money-back guarantee with free return shipping, so it's risk-free. With more than 25 years in the Pearl business and nearly 20,000 five-star reviews, when you're shopping with the Pearl Source, you know you're shopping with a trusted company. This holiday, give the gift of beautiful Pearl jewelry that can be passed down generation to generation. For a limited time, my listeners can take 20% off their entire order. Do not wait until it's too late to do your holiday shopping. Instead, head on over to thepearlsource.com slash Ben. Enter promo code Ben at checkout for 20% off your entire order. That's thepearlsource.com slash Ben. Enter promo code Ben at checkout. If you want fine pearl jewelry at the best prices online, go straight to the source, the Pearl Source. So yesterday on the lawn of the White House, Joe Biden declared that today was a wonderful, it was a great day. Here was Joe Biden. He's wearing his aviator shades, which means that he's in a good mood, according to the press. It means that he's winning, according to the press. Here was Joe Biden yesterday. Today's a good day. A day America takes a vital step toward equality, toward liberty and justice, not just for some, but for everyone. Everyone. Okay, notice, a vital step toward equality. Right, it's a step. So what does equality actually look like in Joe Biden's view? In Joe Biden's view, what equality actually looks like is the transing of the children, for example. This is something he actively talked about in his speech. Equality looks like you should be able to demand that people who disagree with you bow to your whim and self-definition. This is what Joe Biden's equality looks like. That language is very important when he says it's a step toward equality. He's not saying we have achieved, we're done. He is saying we have gotten to this point and now there's still further to go because the transgressive movement, which is about imploding all of the vital institutions, the intermediate institutions of American society, moves apace. You have to understand this is part of a broader rubric on the part of the radical left, which has now infused much of the, the traditional left. And that rubric is that in the name of, quote unquote, individual rights, and when we say rights here, what we mean is essentially libertinism. In the name of, of our sexual self-fulfillment, all intermediate institutions that tend to inculcate things like duty need to be destroyed. Those things are impositions. They are impositions on our authenticity. Right? Who you are is your authentic feeling about yourself on the interior of your being. And anything that imposes on you, any societal institution, family, church, neighborhood, civil society, any of those things that impose on you, they must be destroyed. They have to be destroyed because otherwise you can't truly be free. And so the only institutions that should exist in society are the atomized individual on the one hand, with their subjective, important sense of authenticity, and the giant national state on the other. Joe Biden will be here to obliterate all of the intermediate institutions of American life and cram down a universalistic view of how humanity should work from the top. And here you will be at the bottom, the atomized individual separated from traditional notions of family, separated from religious community, separated from people who share any perspective on the world about a higher good. All those intermediate institutions will be destroyed. And, all, and in the end, it will just be you and the state and nothing in between. And that is the goal that, that Joe Biden is actively attempting to, to pursue right here. The obliteration of those intermediate institutions, by the way, is not going to make America stronger. It's going to make America insanely weaker. It's going to lead to an incredible rise in depression, in polarization, in suicidal ideation. People without any sort of intermediate societal structures tend to founder. They tend to be chaotic and confused. They don't have any sort of guidance. They don't know what the rules are. 
They feel as though they're on a desert island except for a distant state, which tells them that they should be happy because they have nothing to be tied to. But human beings don't actually exist as atomized individuals in the world. That is not how human beings actually work. We are not atomized individuals in the world. We are part of families. We are part of communities. We are part of things larger than ourselves. And that thing can't just be Joe Biden at the White House celebrating as the height of American life, radical individual autonomy. That is not enough. That cannot support a durable society. That's been the case that the left's been making for a very, very long time, is that the, durable, the most durable or, or important form of society is the one where there are no standards and no rules, except for a society that mirrors back at you what you are feeling at any given moment. That is not a society. That is a chaotic, anarchic, bizarre, bizarre amalgamation of chaotic tyranny. Uh, tyranny on the one hand and, and bizarre chaos on the other. It's almost an anarchic tyranny. Like on the, on the very local level, it's anarchy because you don't have any intermediate institutions. And on the national level, it's tyranny to enforce the anarchy, to obliterate all of those intermediate institutions. That is really what this is about. Again, this is why he keeps saying this is a first step. So Joe Biden says, by the way, there is nothing more decent, more dignified, or more American than two dudes getting married or two ladies getting married and forcing people of traditional bent to bow to their whims. When a person can be married in the morning and thrown out of a restaurant for being gay in the afternoon, this is still wrong. Wrong. And that's why the people you heard speak today continue to fight to pass the Equality Act. Okay, the Equality Act goes way further than what exactly was in the same-sex marriage bill. The Equality Act basically obliterates all individual rights in the name of the government telling you that you have to abide by Joe Biden's view of same-sex marriage or gender identity, or sexual orientation. By the way, this is not happening on a, on a wide scale across the United States. I'm not aware anywhere, actually, this is happening, where people who are gay are walking into a restaurant and are being turned away specifically because they are gay. What is happening is that you will see a gay couple who is specifically targeting a religious baker, like they did in the Masterpiece Cake Shop case, for destruction, walking into the cake shop, demanding that this baker celebrate their predilections and their activities. And then the baker saying, I'm not going to celebrate that. I'm happy to sell you a cake that we have right here. This is exactly what happened in the Masterpiece Cake Shop case, by the way. The baker, Jack Phillips, literally said to them, here is a cake. I will sell it to you, but I'm not going to use my creative abilities to celebrate your activity. And they sued him in Colorado, and it cost him hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it went all the way up to the Supreme Court, and he won. And then another couple came by and tried to force him to bake a cake celebrating a gender transition. The targeting will not stop, because until all of society mirrors the individual sexual preference of people on the left, all of society must be reshaped and all of those institutions must be torn down and individuals must be, must be bulldozed. Individual rights must be bulldozed. Again, this is the, I'm going to say it a thousand times because it's still true. There is no end to the slippery slope. The, the right moderates in America, they keep thinking, okay, if we just feed this alligator to this point, it will stop. It's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. It's going to get a lot more radical. And it's not just going to be about the obliteration of the institutions that you rely upon, the institutions that teach your kids, the obliteration of your morality. It's going to be about the obliteration of gender as well. And Joe Biden, in the middle of the speech celebrating same-sex marriage, for example, he, uh, he decided to link together many, many different things that are not the same. So he says that racism, anti-Semitism, homophobia, and transphobia are all connected. So in other words, the same sort of person who opposes same-sex marriage must hate Jews. That's a lie. That's not true. The same sort of person who does not believe that children should be trans, that you shouldn't be giving six-year-old treat hormone treatments and 16-year-olds breast removals, that that is the sort of person who hates black people. 
This is just nonsense. The only thing holding together the intersectional coalition is opposition to traditional values and traditional institutions. That's the only that's the only way you can even make sense of what Joe Biden is saying right here. It's so nonsensical. Racism, anti-Semitism, homophobia, transphobia, they're all connected. But the antidote to hate is love. This law and the love it defends strike a blow against hate in all its forms. By the way, if, and, and if you disagree with him, you're hateful and he hates you and you should be destroyed. That's the kind of love he means. It, it's, it's smiley face fascism. Right? It's, it's, it's a, you put a heart on it and then it's really nice. It's love, guys. It's love. When, when he walks into your church and says that you need to do things the way he wants you to do them, when he walks into your business, because it turns out that religious people are religious throughout their lives, not just at church. When he walks into your business and demands that you celebrate particular types of activity that you find to be sinful or wrong, then that's, that's a form of love, according to Joe Biden. He makes this clear, by the way. If you say you should not perform mutilating surgery on 15-year-old girls who wrongly believe they are boys, this means that if, if, he, if he says that we have to compel you to do those things, that we have to punish you, for saying, for example, that a boy is, is a boy and a girl is a girl, then that's, that's a form of love. The highest form of love is Joe Biden and the state cudgeling you into acceptance of the new morality, which is why Joe Biden in the middle, again, this is, a, this is an event celebrating same-sex marriage, right? Theoretically, it should have nothing whatsoever to do with transgenderism. These are two very separate issues. I know many, many gay men and women who are married and who also oppose the transing of the kids. These are not related issues unless you actually believe that all of it is directed toward the destruction of something else. It's unity in an attempt to destroy. That is the only reason why there would be an alliance here. Why exactly is Joe Biden at a same-sex marriage celebration event talking about the repeal of laws that prevent the mutilation of children? Why? The answer is because there's an underlying ideology there which says that sex, like biological sex, is of no consequence whatsoever. It's true in marriage and it's true on the individual level, according to Joe Biden. Here we go. We need to challenge the hundreds of callous, and cynical laws introduced in the states targeting transgender children, terrifying families, and criminalizing doctors who give children the care they need. We have to protect these children so they know they're loved. Okay, what exactly does this have to do with anything? What does it have to do with same-sex marriage? It has nothing to do with it, except, again, that this is the first step. What we're watching here is just another step. That slippery slope ain't close to the bottom. There is no bottom to the slippery slope that we are now on, societally speaking. And Joe Biden is making that perfectly, perfectly clear. And they made this perfectly clear in who they decided to invite to this event. So Corinne Jean-Pierre, the world's most untalented press secretary, she was saying yesterday that extreme conservatives are going to attack the Respect for Marriage Act, but they're going to tell... You, you, have to be, you see, you have to be an extreme conservative to believe that traditional marriage is the basis for human civilization. You have to believe, you have to be a crazy person, basically, to think man, woman, child is the basis for functional civilizations. You see how far we've come in 16 short years? And that, that's an amazing statement. You're an extreme conservative now. If you believe the same thing that Barack Obama said he believed in 2011. Right, it's now 2022. Hammond that long. But you're an extreme conservative nut job if you believe the exact same things that Joe Biden was saying out loud in 2006 on national television. Here's Corinne Jean-Pierre. 
you say there's more work to do, or is he endorsing additional work to try and I change? Don't, I don't have anything to preview from here. Uh, as I said, there are extreme, uh, extreme conservatives uh, who are going to continue to attack this, uh, who are want to take away fundamental rights. We saw what happened uh, just in June uh, with the Dobbs decision. And so we you should take that very, very seriously. Uh, but again, this is an important day, and we're going to uh, celebrate this day. I mean, by the way, Karine Jean-Pierre, right there, right? She's asked, what's next? She said, well, I'm not going to tell you. We don't have anything to preview. But obviously, there is something next. I mean, Joe Biden is previewing it in his speeches. She then proceeded to blow off a question from a White House correspondent named Owen Jensen from Eternal Word Television Network, EWTN. He was following up on the suggestion that protecting marriage equality would result in discrimination against religious organizations, which it undoubtedly will. And she just blew him off. She, she just said, I'm going to move on. I'm gonna, she just cut him off because she won't answer the question. Because again, there is no moral line that the left is willing to draw that distinguishes people of religious faith or people who disagree with them from simple bigotry. They truly believe that if you disagree with them, you are a bigot and society ought to quash your point of view. It's very important. And what society really ought to celebrate is again, that interior sense of sexual authenticity that makes you you, the most important thing about you. That's the thing we have to glorify here in the United States, which is the only reason why you would invite a non-binary drag queen named Marty G. Cummings to the White House. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, it is a very important thing to have life insurance. If you're a responsible human being, if you've got people who depend on you, God forbid something happens to you, are hit by a truck while you're walking down the street, you want to make sure that your family is taken care of, at least financially. We all hope we won't need the life insurance, but you need to have it in case, God forbid, you do. Life insurance through your workplace might not offer enough protection for your family's needs, however, and it's not going to follow you if you leave your job. And since life insurance gets more expensive as you age, now would be the best time to buy. Policy Genius gives you a smarter way to find and buy the right coverage for you and your family. Policy Genius was built to modernize the life insurance industry. Their technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from top companies and find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just 17 bucks per month for 500 grand in coverage. Policy Genius has licensed agents who can help you find options that offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid those unnecessary medical exams. These agents are not incentivized to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. There are no added fees. Your personal information is private. No wonder they have thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net. You deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes to see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Also, the holidays are coming. I'm going to tell you about the most meaningful gift you can give this year to your parents, to yourself. This would be the preservation of the memories that are moldering right now in your parents' garage or in your garage. I, for example, went into my parents' garage. I got all of their old film reels, all their old VHS tapes, and I sent them off to my friends over at Legacy Box, and they converted them over to a digital format that preserves them forever. Legacy Box is a simple, safe way to digitize your treasured videotapes, film reels, and photos. Everything is done by hand right here in the United States. You just send in your old media. Their team will send everything back on a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. It's a great gift for somebody you love. Prices start at under 40 bucks, and Legacy Boxes are in stock and ready to ship right now. Join the millions of customers who've entrusted Legacy Box to safeguard their recorded moments. Visit LegacyBox.com slash Shapiro. Take advantage of an exclusive discount for my listeners available right now. That's LegacyBox.com slash Shapiro for that exclusive offer. Again, LegacyBox.com slash Shapiro. I went and I preserved my parents' memories and they, they showed me a DVD the other day of their grandparents, which is amazing stuff to watch. If you want to see stuff like that, you haven't been able to see it in the past, go check out LegacyBox.com slash Shapiro and get active with it right now. This is rather astonishing stuff. So if you are attempting to make the case for same-sex marriage, typically the strongest case for same-sex marriage is not going to be a promiscuous gay man gallivanting around in women's clothing. That's typically not 
the strongest argument for same-sex marriage. The, the argument for same-sex marriage that won over most Americans is here are two people of the same sex. They love each other and they want to live in a monogamous relationship, sort of uh, uh, an ersatz form of marriage. Sure, they can't produce biological children, but love is love. And what they want is the same sort of monogamous love that traditional religious married couples have or traditional married couples have male-female dyads who are monogamous in nature. Now, there are a lot of people, people like Dan Savage, who suggested gay marriage was never that. Andrew Sullivan says this also, right? Even when he was promoting same-sex marriage, the idea was never that this was going to be about male-male monogamous dyads, essentially. It was going to be a formalization of relationship, but there would still be outside sexual activities, something Dan Savage, again, has talked about regularly, that it was not quite the same in kind as it was made out to be for the purposes of the American public relations campaign. But that was at least the public relations campaign. The public relations campaign is that it was going to be two people who are deeply in love with one another of the same sex, and now they wanted to formalize their monogamous relationship. So you'd imagine those would be the types of people that the Biden administration would invite to the White House to celebrate this, correct? Well, not exactly. They also invited Marty G. Cummings, who's an anti-police activist who has, who has tweeted out, all cops are bastards and, and the like. Uh, if, if you can't see the pictures of this human, count yourself lucky if you're listening to this on a podcast. This is a man wearing what would be skimpy female lingerie, including a thong. And, uh, and who has tweeted out in the past, the kids are out to sing and suck D. Now, presumably in that tweet, he was talking about younger gay people who are actually not minors, but uh, the language is somewhat obscure. Suffice it to say, this is not the best example of a person who is uh, the exemplar of monogamous same-sex marriage. This is a person who is celebrating gender bending, right? Or a person who is celebrating gender fluidity or a person who's celebrating wild sexual promiscuity. I mean, this is literally a, a person who... Um, who cut a video on YouTube about how much he likes bleep, complete with pictures of erect penises. This is, this is the person that the White House invited to celebrate. It was very important the White House invited this person to celebrate because, again, it's not just that all monogamous relationships are the same. It's that all sexual activity is the same. All forms of sexual authenticity are the same. And your children must be taught this. They must be taught this in schools. Why do you think that Joe Biden and the NEA are so insistent that laws like Florida's, which say that you are not allowed to teach sexual orientation and gender identity nonsense to five-year-old children, why do you think the White House opposes that exactly? Why is the White House against it? Seems like a pretty common sense sort of thing. Turns out a majority of Democrats support that law in the state of Florida. And nationwide, by the way, by polling data. But the left opposes that. Because again, the idea is that all of the institutions of life crimp your style. And so we must teach children. It's important to teach children, to indoctrinate children, in the same sort of ideas promoted by Marty G. Cummings. That is the way that we will all be truly free in the future. Here is Marty G. Cummings in a video that um, is pure nightmare fuel. I like big this person is invited to the White House. Very important. This is the best America has to offer. Invited to the White House. I don't want your drink. What a, what a, how delightful. Have sex with a different guy each week. So that's 52 guys in the uh, That's enough of that. Um, this is, it, again, the, there's only one reason that the White House would do this. I didn't say that this person should go to the White House. Joe Biden said this person should go to the White House. Of course, this follows hard on you know, four weeks ago, Joe Biden having over to the White House Dylan Mulvaney, a man who says that he is a woman dressed up in the most garish outfit and sitting across from him explaining to this man who decided he was a woman approximately one year ago that he is a perfect exemplar of womanhood. This is part and parcel of a broader agenda. And that broader agenda obviously has to do with kids. By the way, it is worth noting here that this Marty G. Cummings character also happens to be a drag queen who performs in front of children and then celebrates performing in front of children. 
In fact, just last year, this person did a drag show in front of small children and, uh, and tweeted out, Logan was one of the kids who came out to celebrate Pride at Queens Botanical Garden. He was so excited and said he wants to perform with us next year. The kid is maybe five in that photo. So obviously this has to do with the children. It's, it's the only reason why, again, the Biden administration is attempting to lump all of this together. They don't have to lump all of this together. They don't have to talk about how, how the laws protecting children from being mutilated are the same as same-sex marriage laws. They don't have to talk about the Equality Act. They don't have to talk about any of this stuff. This is not the end point. This is only the beginning. And when I warn that, people on the left immediately say, ah, slippery slope argument. Well, um, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. I've been arguing since the mid-2000s that it was moving in this direction. And it turns out that you have justified every fear that traditionally religious and people of traditional values have, have had for, for 30 years in this country, 40, 50 years in this country. You've justified all of that by continuing to move along this line. And then when you say it's the end point, again, the idea is we don't believe you. Why should we believe you? I see no reason to believe you exactly. Now, Joe Biden says, the good news is that as more and more Americans come to understand what this is all about is a simple proposition. Who do you love? And will you be loyal to the person you love? And that's what people are finding out. It's what all marriages at their root are about, whether they're marriages of lesbians or gay men or heterosexuals. Again, he's still out there pitching the old playbook while having people to the White House who obviously are not participating in the old playbook. He's not using the model of marriage and then applying it to two people of the same sex. Supposedly, that's what the bill is about. That's not what the bill is about. The bill is about a broader rubric under which anybody who opposes the idea that all forms of sexual activity and sexual identity are morally equivalent, all those people are treated as pariahs and bigots and ought to be excised by American society and treated the same way that we treat racists in the United States. That's really what, what folks on the left want. So amazing stuff there from Joe Biden. And we can pretend it's a society that we are durable enough to withstand it and assault on all of the intermediate institutions of our society, ranging from family to church. Uh, we're going to find out in real short order. I have serious, serious doubts whether that is in fact the case. And actually what this is going to end up creating in the United States Blue states are going to be the first to start implementing all of Joe Biden's whims. It's not going to happen at the federal level because there's still checks and balances at the federal level that prevent this sort of thing. The Supreme Court, for example, will presumably attempt to carve out a broad area of religious freedom so that people who are religious are able to actually practice their religion in daily life. And this is the so-called Utah Compromise that presumably Justice Gorsuch has been promoting. The Utah Compromise, which frankly, I don't think it's a compromise that's likely to hold very long, is a, is a quote-unquote compromise that was provided by the state of Utah, which has a very, very broad anti-discrimination law, but then has large carve-outs for religious groups. I don't think that that's going to be a, a durable compromise that lasts very long, simply because I believe that the people who are promoting same-sex marriage laws have no interest in compromise. I think they would like to cram this down on, on literally all the institutions in life or destroy those institutions. But put aside the federal level, what you're going to get at the state level is places like California that will indeed pursue attempts to get rid of nonprofit status for churches and synagogues that will attempt to decredit, deaccredit institutions of education that do not teach the values that the left wants taught to discredit homeschooling, to make it impossible to homeschool your kids. Like, if you think the agenda is ending here, it is not. I, I say it over and over and over because I want people to understand it and remember it. Okay, I've been saying it for a couple of years now, minimum, that it was not good. I'm saying it again. Okay, so just remember. And what's going to happen on a practical level is that people are going to move. People are going to move from blue states to purple states and from purple states to red states in order to find communities where they believe that they can raise their children outside the predations of people who wish to cram down their own imperialistic libertine point of view on everybody else. And, and what will end up happening is more state-by-state, locality-by-locality polarization. And, and then what you will end up with is more federal compulsion. 
Because if the left begins to believe that Florida is living outside the auspices of the morality that it seeks, a morality in which everyone must celebrate my personal choices, they're not going to let Florida get away with being Florida or Texas get away with being Texas or Alabama get away with being Alabama. Instead, they're going to try to broaden federal power in an attempt to go after those states. That's the future of the United States. Unless one of two things happens. One, a return to some semblance of traditional values. I'm not talking about a return to 1920 or recriminalization of certain types of sexual activity or anything like that. I'm talking about a widespread societal understanding that traditional marriage is the superior form of human relationship. This should not be a controversial matter. The fact that it has become one is greatly to our civilizational discredit. So that's one way. That'd be the best way is for Americans to begin to understand again that there are, in fact, gradations in terms of the moral and societal value of particular relations, which, of course, there are. In the absence of that, at the very least, we're going to have to have some sort of federalist solution in which the federal government shrinks in scope and size of its power. And people in Florida get to live like people in Florida and people in California get to live like people in California. And you get to form a local community in which you can protect your values. That, that would be the, the quote unquote happy medium. In the absence of that, things are going to get very, very ugly very quickly. Because again, this program don't stop. This train only moves in one direction if you are the left, and it continues to move to the left no matter what. There is no end point. It is blowing past every flag that they had once set for themselves. The goalposts keep on moving, and they're never going to stop moving until all traditional institutions are obliterated. That is the goal here. Anybody who tells you different, like Joe Biden in 2006, is lying to you. And meanwhile, Sam Bankman-Fried of FTX has now been charged with fraud, according to the Wall Street Journal. U.S. prosecutors on Tuesday charged FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried with eight counts of fraud and conspiracy in what they called the scheme to defraud his crypto exchanges customers and his hedge funds lenders. The indictment was brought by the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York and accuses him of misappropriating FTX.com customers' deposits and using those to pay expenses and debts of Alameda Research, his crypto hedge fund. Bankman-Fried is charged as well with defrauding the United States and violating campaign finance rules for conspiring with others to make illegal political contributions. So... We'll get to, in just a second, the question of whether Democrats are likely to actually, you know, return the 30 to $40 million Bankman-Fried poured into the elections. The answer there is going to be no. We'll get to that in a moment. First, my friends over at the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews have been working in Israel, Ukraine, and the former Soviet Union for more than 30 years. They've never seen hunger or suffering like they are currently seeing right now, thanks to the war in Ukraine. I'm asking for your help to deliver food, heating, fuel, and blankets to God's most vulnerable people. In this season of giving, please consider donating to the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. They're on the ground right now in Ukraine, providing generators, building wells, providing medicine and food boxes in this very dire situation. Just 45 bucks can ensure warmth, food, and clean water to Jewish children and the elderly in need. And right now, through a match challenge campaign, your donation to the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews will double in impact. Join us in our goal to help distribute 2,000 food boxes to Jewish families in war-torn Ukraine and across the former Soviet Union. Go online to benforthefellowship.org or text Shapiro to 41444. Again, that's benforthefellowship.org or text Shapiro to 41444 to get started. It is the season of giving. Why not give? to benforthefellowship.org and help out the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews or text Shapiro to 41444 today to get started. Folks, don't miss out on our last Daily Wire backstage of the year tonight, 7-6 Central. From the red wave that wasn't to Elon dropping the Twitter files, the gang and I will be discussing the most important stories of the day and the year. Witness the festivities. Join me, Matt Walsh, Michael Knowles, Andrew Clavin, and Daily Wire God King Jeremy Boring for a very merry backstage. You're not going to want to miss it. Tune in tonight, 7-6 Central at dailywireplus.com. We will see you there. So again, Sam Bankman-Fried has now been indicted. Apparently, Mark Cohen, a lawyer for Bankman-Fried, said in a statement his client is, quote, reviewing the charges with his legal team and considering all of his legal options. He doesn't have a lot of legal options at this point, actually. Hilariously, 
They tried to have him bailed out, and bail was refused, which makes sense because there's a lot of rumors that he was actually going to flee the Bahamas. Right now, he's being held in the Bahamas. His lawyer actually attempted to um, get the judge to allow bail by arguing that Bankman-Fried had ADHD and was on a vegan diet. So I guess if you're a vegan who bilks people for billions of dollars, you should be put out on bail. I didn't realize that, <laughs> that veganism was that bad. They're like, man, you don't even need to put him in prison. He's a vegan. You know, just imagine the rest of his life. Yeah, he's a vegan. It's like a prison all of its own. I mean, semi-agree. Anyway, Bankman-Fried faces spending the rest of his life behind bars after an eight-count indictment was unsealed Tuesday against him in the federal court, according to the Daily Wire. A Manhattan federal grand jury charged Bankman-Fried with conspiracy to commit wire fraud, wire fraud, conspiracy to commit commodities fraud, conspiracy to commit, conspiracy to commit securities fraud, conspiracy to commit money laundering, and conspiracy to defraud the FEC. So the White House was actually asked if Joe Biden is going to encourage Democrats to give back the cash that they took from Sam Bankman-Fried to the tune of 30 to $40 million in the last election cycle. I do not think that it is a wild coincidence that just after the election, all of this imploded. It was, it was nice to have his money. And then just after the election, it's like, oh, he's a bad guy. Karine Jean-Pierre had no comment on, on whether Joe Biden would encourage Democrats to return the cash. Will the, will the president return that donation? Does he call on all politicians who got uh, campaign donations that may have come from customer money uh, to return those funds? So look, I'm covered here by the Hatch Act, uh, limited on what I can say, and anything that's connected to political contributions uh, from here, I, I, I would have to refer you to the DNC. Okay, uh, no, that's not what the Hatch Act covers. It says you're not allowed to commit political activity while you're, like, on behalf of your party while you're using government auspices. It doesn't mean the President of the United States can have no comment on, on whether people who took money from Sam Bankman-Fried ought to return that. It's a nice out there and a dr dramatic misinterpretation of the Hatch Act. So. Really, uh, really solid stuff there from from Corrine Jean-Pierre. Meanwhile, again, it is an amazing thing that Sam Bankman-Fried got as far as he got, considering that the thing was essentially an empty vessel from the very beginning. FTX's CEO, John Ray, said, yeah, we don't even have records over here. We don't even keep records. He said this in congressional testimony. Mr. Ray, you have compared FTX as worse than Enron. Can you please elaborate on some of the specific ways FTX is worse than one of the largest corporate frauds in history. Uh, this one is unusual, and it's unusual in the sense that literally, you know, there's no record keeping whatsoever. It's the absence of record keeping. Employees would communicate, you know, invoicing and expenses on on Slack, which is, you know, essentially a, a you know a way of communicating right. for chat rooms. Uh, they use QuickBooks. Multi-billion-dollar company using QuickBooks. 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 The SEC said, by the way, Bankman-Fried was orchestrating a massive years-long fraud, diverting billions of dollars of the trading platform's customer funds for his own personal benefit and to help grow his crypto empire. He could face 115 years in prison. So, yeah, I'm glad the White House has no comment on whether Democrats should give back the money. Meanwhile, over in Florida, Ron DeSantis continues to pursue measures that are highly worthwhile, at least with regard to the publicization of reality with regard to, for example, COVID-19 vaccine. So this is the part of the program where on YouTube, they're totally going to black this out. So you're going to have to head on over to dailywearplus.com and subscribe so you can actually listen to what I'm about to say because you're not allowed to say true things about COVID-19 or vaccines on YouTube. It's one of the things that they will not allow. Facebook has the same sort of strictures. So head on over to dailywearplus.com to listen to this part of the show over there if those are the platforms you're using to listen to this. Governor DeSantis is now petitioning the Florida Supreme Court for a statewide grand jury on COVID-19 vaccines and announcing the creation of a public health integrity committee. Here was Governor DeSantis announcing this yesterday. 
So today, uh, I'm announcing uh, a petition with the Supreme Court of Florida to impanel a statewide grand jury to investigate any and all wrongdoing in Florida with respect to COVID-19 vaccines. And we anticipate that we will get the approval for that. Uh, that will be something that will be impaneled, most likely in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, and that will come with legal processes that will be able uh, to get more information and to bring legal accountability for those who committed misconduct. DeSantis also said that he'd be announcing a new public health committee for the state of Florida. He says we can't trust the CDC anymore because they propagated too much bad information. Our CDC at this point, anything they put out, you just assume at this point uh, that it's not worth the paper that it's printed on. And so it's not serving a useful function. It's really serving to advance narratives rather than do evidence-based medicine. And so uh, we're creating uh, what we're calling the Public Health Integrity Committee. It's a committee of expert researchers that will uh, be able to assess uh, recommendations and guidance uh, related to public health and health care, but particularly being able uh, to offer critical assessments of things that uh, uh, bureaucracies like the FDA, CDC, and NIH um, are doing. And this is well worthwhile. I will say that DeSantis is somebody who really studies his materials. I got a call from Governor DeSantis back in July of 2020. It's about the time where my family and I had already decided we were moving to Florida. And he walked me through exactly how he was formulating his policy in the state of Florida. This is a person who does his reading. This is a person who actually studies the issues. And one of the issues that he is coming down hard on here is the possibility that the American people were misled by the pharmaceutical companies and by the government in terms of a couple of issues about the COVID vaccines. One, the possibility that it was causing myocarditis events for young men particularly. And two, the level of transmissibility the vaccine would prevent. I've talked about this before. Pfizer basically lied about this. I mean, they, they went out there and they made the claim, and so did the White House, and so did this is the Trump White House, by the way, as well as the Biden White House. There was the claim very early on. It continues even today. They're still claiming it at the White House today. It's a lie that the vaccines reduce transmission of the virus to a massive extent, and it is not true. It is not true. They said that if you got the vax, you'd prevent somebody else from getting it. This was the case that they used in favor of, for example, mass vaccination mandates. Now, I always opposed it because my case, even when I believe because the government was telling me and because the quote unquote experts were telling me and the, the, the companies themselves were telling me, even when I was agreeing with them or at least believing what they had to sell, that this prevented transmission. My case was, well, yeah, but if it's so effective at preventing death and, and serious consequence, then it doesn't really matter what the transmission levels are. However, the fact that this, this was fraudulently propagated against particularly young, healthy Americans could actually be a crime. Fraud is still a crime in the United States. So the Florida Surgeon General, a, uh, a person named Joseph Ladapo, uh, he points out that mRNA vaccines markedly increase the risk of death for young men in particular. Now, if you're above the age of 65, what the data show is that your risk of death from COVID is still higher than your risk of death from say, myocarditis as a side effect of the vaccine. But if you're a young, healthy male, this is why a lot of European countries have basically said that if you're a young, healthy male, you probably shouldn't be taking the vaccine, especially if you've already had COVID at any point. So here is a, the Florida Surgeon General going after the, the myocarditis events in young men. Joe, do you want to talk about what you found with the data in Florida looking at uh, 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 folks and, uh, and the myocarditis? Their study that basically found that the risk with these mRNA COVID-19 vaccines is just much higher. It, it's not in the same, same ballpark as any of the other widely used vaccines. 
The first thing that was remarkable, of course, was the major finding, which was there was a signal for a markedly increased risk of cardiac death in young men, specifically in that age and sex group. Okay, and, and this was backed by a doctor named Joseph Freeman, who's a doctor of emergency medicine at Thibodeau Regional Medical Center. He says, you know, they kept saying that vaccines were safe and effective. That is not even a medical term. How do you even claim they're safe and effective when you don't even define the term? If someone came up to you and just said, you know, hey, doctor, are mRNA COVID shots safe and effective? How would you respond? I would say that from the day that these were authorized in December, there was uncertainty on if they were going, if the benefits were going to outweigh the harm. We didn't know. We did not know. It was, it's not possible to have known that at that time. The safe and effective terminology that's been used has been based on, a, it, it's just been, it's uncertainty. This is based on, it's, it's a lie. Now, Freeman also said, he said, quote, our study took a magnifying glass to the original Pfizer and Moderna clinical trials that got the vaccines on the market in late 2020. In the original trials, mRNA vaccines increased serious adverse events at a rate considerably higher than initially realized. Our peer-reviewed study, which was published this August in one of the field's leading journals, indicates that the mRNA COVID vaccines should be urgently reevaluated. I believe unless further studies can clearly demonstrate a favorable harm-benefit profile, mRNA vaccine use should not be recommended in healthy adults and children. By the way, this is why my children are not vaccinated, nor would I have them vaccinated despite the best promptings of the national government. Very early on, I got vaccinated specifically because I was worried about transmitting to my parents. And again, the lie that we were being sold was that the vaccines dramatically reduced transmission rates, which, of course, was not true. And it sounds like they were actually underselling the risk profile for young, healthy men. I am a young, healthy man. So, frankly, I feel rather abused by the people who lied to me. And I think a lot of other people do, too. Thank God I was not affected in any way, so far as I can tell, by the mRNA vaccines that I took. But knowing then what I know now, would I have taken the mRNA vaccines? No, I probably wouldn't have. I'm thir- I was at that time a 36, 37-year-old healthy American male exercising five times a week. So no, I, I probably would not have. My parents, I'm glad they did. And by the way, even the doctors that, that, doc- that, that Ron DeSantis is bringing out there are saying that if you're above the age of 65, you probably should still be getting, not probably, you, you should almost invariably still be getting the COVID vaccines because, again, your risk from COVID is still higher than the risk of the side effects from the vaccine. But when it comes to young, healthy people, and particularly children, you've got the FDA still trying to push this on kids. You have the CDC saying that six-month-old babies should be taking this vaccine. I was never a backer of that, nor should anyone have been a backer of that, given the evidence that was provided, namely none. Joseph Freeman says, independent of what our federal agencies recommend, it is their ethical duty to inform the public of these results to allow for informed consent from those who choose to take the COVID vaccines. Martin Kaldorf, who's another member of DeSantis' board, he says, it's always important to balance benefits and risks for older high-risk people who have, not yet had the vac- who have not yet had COVID. Vaccine benefits outweigh potential risks for adverse reaction. For children, young adults, and those who have had COVID, the risk of dying from COVID is minuscule. So even a small risk of a serious vaccine adverse reaction, such as myocarditis, will tip the balance against the vaccine. So what DeSantis is doing here is absolutely necessary. There has to be an investigation into why the American people were lied to about how these vaccines, how well they actually worked in terms of transmission and particularly in terms of the side effects for people who are younger and healthier. So good for Ron DeSantis for investigating all of that. Meanwhile, you still have Dr. Fauci out there pretending that he did everything right. And this Dr. Fauci is still out there telling people they need to wear masks despite the fact that Omicron is not remotely going to be stopped by masks, at least the kind of masks that people are wearing that are not N95s that are essentially surgically stapled to your face 
the way that they do in uh, the, the way they do in hospitals, where you actually have the mask fitted to your face and you have to rotate a new mask pretty much every day. The, here, here is here is Dr. Fauci claiming he did nothing wrong this entire time, even though it, it's hard to find something that, frankly, he did right. Is there something you think you could have done differently to avoid this polarization? Well, I don't think I could have done anything to avoid politicization and the profound degree of divisiveness in society. I always try to examine, is there anything I could have done differently? Because certainly nobody's perfect, least of all me, that's for sure. Okay, he, but, but he tries to examine, but he can't really come up with anything. And then, of course, he blames people like Elon Musk for turning the, the public away from public health by doubting what Dr. Fauci has to say. Well, no, Dr. Fauci, it was you. You're the person who turned people away from the public health establishment. If you go back and listen to the show, very early on, there's a lot of critique of Dr. Fauci because I think there's a knee-jerk reaction from certain people in the United States that's just sort of reactionary to whatever happened. So if Fauci contradicted Trump and you were a fan of Trump, then you didn't like Fauci. Or if you, if you didn't like Trump, then you loved everything Fauci had to say. I was trying to sort of wade through the evidence as it was presented, assuming that people weren't lying, which of course they may have been, as it now turns out. In any case, Dr. Fauci is saying that, that Musk is turning people away. No, it was, it was Dr. Fauci, it was the public health establishment, which kept making overweening claims that were not justified by subsequent events. You remember that Joe Biden literally went out there in July of 2021, and he said that we had defeated the virus, and if you were vaccinated, you could take off your mask. Then like a month later, he was saying that everybody needed to put their mask back on. Well, why? But then he was simultaneously saying that if you got vaccinated, then you were not able to transmit, but you were able to transmit the virus. It was you guys. It was the experts who blew out their own credibility. Some people who are critical of the experts who blow out their credibility. See, here's the thing. If you're a credible source, and if what you say is true on a generalized level, no matter how much critique you receive, you can withstand the critique because what you're saying is true. When you're bad at it, and when you sell stuff in overweening fashion, not because you were lied to, but because you're overselling the information itself, and you are the expert, the one that people are supposed to listen to. And then it turns out you're just wrong a lot. People stop listening to you. But according to Dr. Fauci, as always, it's about the misinformation and disinformation out there. This is the game that, that so many people in the elite class of the left like to play, which is I'm not bad at my job. It's just you noticing I'm bad at my job that's causing people to distrust me. Here is Dr. Fauci yesterday. The politicization of public health That's bad. is really something that yeah. you've had to deal with. Well, I've had to deal with, and even though I don't listen to or bothered with those strange, bizarre tweets like, prosecute me for what? I mean, I, I don't know what he's thinking about. What, the, what it does is it, it really is, um, turns people away. Uh, I'm afraid younger individuals who are interested in getting into public health well, I mean, I, I don't think you should turn away people who are interested in getting into public health and who are honest and don't want to pose for magazine covers. Um, but uh, Dr. Fauci really likes his magazine covers an awful lot. All righty, guys, the rest of the show is continuing right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be speaking with Dr. Marty McCary about whether the big pharma companies lied to you about the vaccines. Plus, Eliza Blue Survivor of sexual assault, who is now speaking out about what Twitter was doing to essentially facilitate the spread of child sexual abuse material. If you're not a member, click the link in the description and join us. Yeah. <laughs>